It is an extraordinary thing, uh, uh, and I can speak as a minister, it's an extraordinary thing to be able to work with a board that is willing to take on the hard work of a church, to do it on a volunteer basis, to be willing to have the, car, the hard conversations with each other, and to uh, be willing to play the way we play. Um, and uh, John, you've been a huge part of that. I'll miss you. So um, I find it very interesting that last week, you know, we, we plan our lessons according to the daily word so that things are fairly cohesive. We have a theme that's universal throughout the year. So last week I spoke about healing on, in the aftermath of the ice storm and the damage to all of our trees all over and the healing that we needed to do with ourselves and with uh, uh, the nature around us. And so today, our lesson is on compassion. And uh, I hope you've been uh, awakened in your compassion like maybe never before this week with the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. I wrote an email to the board on Monday I looked back to make sure I had the date right, February the 6th. I wrote an email to the board suggesting to them that we plan a portion of our tithe Nick, this coming month to the White Helmets, which is a rescue organization, volunteer rescue organization, that I learned about several years ago during this ongoing war in Syria. They go in and rescue people in the rubble of destruction during that war. They've also been working in Turkey during this latest devastation. And when I wrote that email on, on Monday, I said, at this writing, the death toll is 3,000. That was Monday. Today, it's over 33,000 people that have died, and they're expecting that the numbers will approach 50 to 60,000 people. Now, I don't know about you. I spoke about this in my uh, uh, midday reflections on Thursday. I don't know about you, but when that many people leave the earth at one time, it feels like there's a great tear in humanity. It feels like there's a, a universal groan, if you will, for all those lives that suddenly are gone. There's something about the enormity of those numbers that staggers us. Now, I've traveled to Turkey twice, and I've been as far east as Ankara and Konya. I did not get into the southeast near Syria because Syria. Um, but our tour guide was from that, um, on that first trip I took, was from that part of Turkey. He was Kurdish. Uh, and you know that the Turkish border is where a lot of Kurdish people have gathered themselves uh, over the years of being driven out of different places. No matter what you think, if you're a people on the move, you're a people on the move. And so I have an affinity for the Turkish people. They're so kind. And uh, the country itself is... I don't know how to describe Turkey in a, 
in a few brief words. But there's a generosity of spirit there, and there's a welcome that is different from many of the other Middle Eastern countries because there's so many uh, cultures that are fused in Turkey. Now, my first trip there was, uh, wow, uh, 2006, I think. And so it's, it's been a while. But I, my heart is aching for all those people. And to have this happen in the winter, and the, if you haven't seen the photos, it is winter there. There's snow on the ground. So the rescue efforts are, and, re, and now recovery efforts are much more difficult and there was much less chance of people being able to survive. So that our lesson today is about compassion seems perfect. It seems perfect for today. And Janelle, uh, I guess we hit the same place on the internet. So the definition for compassion that I found on the Greater Good website out of Berkeley, compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion researchers, it is defined as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. When you're confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering, I'm going to go on and read the rest of this. Compassion is not the same as empathy or altruism, though the concepts are related. While empathy refers more generally to our ability to take the perspective of and feel the emotions of another person, compassion is when those feelings and thoughts include the desire to help. Altruism, in turn, is the kind, selfless behavior often prompted by feelings of compassion. Though one can feel compassion without acting on it, and altruism isn't always motivated by compassion. While cynics may dismiss compassion as touchy-feely or irrational, scientists have started to map the biological basis of compassion, suggesting its deep evolutionary purpose. This research has shown that when we feel compassion, our heart rate slows down. We secrete the bonding hormone of oxytocin, which is what is the, they think of as the maternal uh, hormone that bonds a mother and a baby. And regions of the brain linked to empathy, caregiving, and feelings of pleasure light up, which often results in our wanting to approach and care for other people. It's science. It's science that feelings of compassion are not only good for other people, that it's good for us. We're well-served. We're all well-served to locate, activate, and run with feelings of compassion. Do you know we can we can watch we can watch the animals exhibit compassion, can we not? Have you ever seen a herd of elephants when one of theirs has died? 
Have you ever seen animals cry and make their animal sounds when uh, there's anguish among their group, herd, tribe, pack? So if the animals can do it, I think we're more than capable, don't you think? Not to pull at your heartstrings too much, but just yesterday I saw a photograph of a man in Turkey holding the hand of his 15-year-old daughter who had died in the rubble. He was just sitting there holding her hand until they could remove her from the wreckage. You don't have to be Turkish. You don't have to be a man. You don't have to be a father to begin to know what that feels like. I mean, we are built with this already within us. And only people who are severely um, emotionally damaged do not feel compassion. And I'm talking about pathological problems. We all have compassion, and I, you know, if we were to include it in one of our 12 powers, it's going to be an amalgam of all these things, is what compassion is. And so you may be motivated to action. Certainly be motivated to prayer. And if you are feeling overwhelmed by any situation in Turkey or anywhere else, if you're feeling overwhelmed by the, by the agony of other human beings, it will not hurt you to feel overwhelmed. It is a signpost of your humanity. And so what we do with that great compassion, especially because we are human beings who want to do, and sometimes we, we, we try to throw in doing so we don't have to bother with the feeling, let yourself feel it. Let yourself go uh, deeply into that, that sadness, that helplessness, that the agony of another human being. Go ahead and let yourself go there because what's built into you along with that capacity is the capacity for loving, is the capacity for strength, is the capacity for uh, a loving prayer, a healing prayer. That is also built into you. It seems so important right now, my friends, so important that in the, the face of a world that seems to me to be increasingly polarized, especially in this country, it seems so important that we go ahead and err on the side of excess in our spiritual qualities. That yes, we ramp up our powers, all of our 12 powers here that you see on these walls. That we practice our spiritual truths wherever we go, in our words, thoughts, and actions. Because a mighty wave of all of that 
must balance and compensate for those who at this point do not seem to be capable of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I would say that if you're going to look at what the Dalai Lama says, my religion is kindness. There are some people that we're seeing out there in the world right now whose religion seems to be meanness, the opposite. And I say we counter their mean with our kind. And I could, could get an amen on that, I think. <laughs> yeah. Who else is going to do that? Who else is going to do that? If you're thinking, oh, well, there are people who are much more spiritually adept than I am, well, let them take the load of compassion and caring and healing prayer. No, it's you. It doesn't have anything to do with spiritual adeptness. It has to do with the willingness to say yes. I'm willing to be a compassionate person. I'm willing to have my compassion stretched, stretched beyond what I thought it was. And here's the thing. We have this, these beautiful stories about uh, Jesus, for example, um, who was walking compassion. He took time away when he needed it, away from the crowds to, to re-energize himself, to get centered in himself. But I don't ever see a story of Jesus saying, wow, I have compassion fatigue. <laughs> and part of that is because he asked for help. Huh. He asked for help from uh, God, but also asked for help from those around him. He said, help me take care of these crowds. So I suggest that you find at least one prayer partner you can say, I'm holding an intention, I'm holding compassion, I'm holding healing prayer, I'm holding my efforts toward all the people of Turkey and Syria this week. Will you stand with me in that? Let's strengthen each other. I'm asking you right now if you will do that with me. Yes? yes. Let's do that together. Go ahead and let your compassion just run wild. Is that oxymoronic? I don't think it is. Let your compassion be an overflowing fountain. And yes, if you need to uh, practice empathy and feel it deeply, then do that. If you want to practice altruism by supporting organizations, do that. Don't fly over there to try to help. I'm just saying. But uh, let me just make some suggestions to you. I am not in any way endorsed by or sponsored by any of these organizations. The White Helmets. If you haven't, look on, uh, look on your uh, database and find the White Helmets documentary 2016. Amazing work they've done. Médecins Sans Frontières, Doctors Without Borders, uh, Women for Women International, who've been working alongside women in countries all over the world for as long as I can think of. Who else am I leaving out? Uh, uh, Oxfam, 
is a good organization. And I've done some research on these. These are good organizations to support. Anybody else think of any other organizations I'm missing? Red Cross? UNICEF. UNICEF helps the children. Uh, World Kitchen may be going over there. Is Mike Kempen here today? Mercy Chefs may be going over there to provide food. The Greater Good, yes. The World Food Program, thank you. Giving you suggestions for ways that you can put some of your dollars, any dollars, in to help these organizations if your compassion moves you to that act of altruism. Because they're going to need help. Yes, the cynical part of me says that President Erdogan didn't do enough, quickly enough, to help the people in their rescue and recovery. That takes a back seat to compassion. Okay, so he didn't do it right. Let's support organizations that are boots on the ground doing it. If not us, who else? Who else? I know that all those organizations that I just mentioned, I, I know they're going to have dollars flooding in now because of this, but these are organizations that you can support all year round. All year round. They're out there doing things for people who have less. People who are in crisis. People whose lives have been turned upside down. People whose lives have ended, their families' lives have ended. So uh, I, I don't want this to be an emphasis today on how to give charitably. That is one aspect of our compassion. But it must start with your heart breaking open. Breaking open, breaking open. And you'll think, oh, gosh, my heart can't break open anymore. I'm tired of being heartbroken. I have begun to think that a broken heart is the state of things, and it's not a bad thing. Because a broken heart points to the fact that we are aware. It points to the fact that something is awake inside us that cares for our oneness. One, two, three. We're one people. It doesn't matter what our skin suit looks like. It doesn't matter what our language is. It doesn't matter where we live. Every human being. Every human being. And by the way, the Red Cross in the Middle East is the Red Crescent. Just so you know. I don't know what else to say except maybe we need to just feel for a moment. And remember that this isn't just uh, that touchy-feely thing <laughs> that the Greater Good article says. It's not just a touchy-feely thing. This is about the scientific benefit to us and to all others when our compassion is activated. One of the things that I mentioned, uh, if you didn't hear my midday reflection on Thursday, 
is that when I first came into Unity back in the late 80s, um, I think it must have been in 89, 88 or 89, uh, when the uh, uh, Bay Area earthquake happened that uh, flattened the Oakland Bridge. It was bad. And uh, I was with Reverend Linda Pendergrass at her church in Arlington when this happened, and we, had, we would have a midday meditation. And I remember that day after the earthquake, Linda led us in a meditation, and she had us kind of fly our souls out to the West Coast during that meditation. She said, find somebody that you can comfort. And so we flew our souls out to, uh, out to the Bay Area in our meditation, and we just comforted someone. And Linda found a man who had been trapped. This is amazing. Linda found a man who'd been trapped in his truck when one of the bridges pancaked. And she just held his hand figuratively, spiritually. And then we found out about the guy who was trapped in his truck and didn't make it out. So, beloved, I can tell you right now that you can fly your soul to Turkey and Syria and you can comfort another. And you don't have to know what their face looks like. You don't have to know what their particular circumstance is. You can fly yourself, your soul, which is boundless. You can fly your soul there and be as comforting as if you were there in person. And there's just a chance, beloved, that that person will feel a moment of companionship and relief because of your presence. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, okay, Jill has gone way over into the woo-woo side of our spiritual practice, that's okay, just woo-woo along with me. If you're, very, uh, if you're very literal and practical in your spirituality, you'll find a way to do what needs to be done according to the spirit that lives in you. But for today, I'm going to go with woo-woo, okay? And in a moment, we're going to do a meditation, and we're going to fly ourselves to the other side of the world. And we're just going to be with someone whose heart needs our care. Because we are compassionate people. Let me tell you something. I should have said this when I was talking about the animals a while ago. I almost forgot. Yesterday, we had a memorial service for somebody who had been here in the Wimberley community for a long time, Sonia Hereford. And um, she was huge in, uh, in having robust uh, rescue organizations here for animals here in Wimberley. And she was especially good at fostering and placing cats. So yesterday, right outside the sanctuary door, some of you were here, there was a table set up with pictures of Sonia, and there were some flowers, and Spartacus, the church cat, jumped up on the table and laid there amongst the pictures. <laughs> Hanging out with all these people milling around, didn't want anybody to pet him, just wanted to lay there with Sonia's pictures. 
and then we kept him out of the sanctuary because some people are allergic. But he wandered around amongst the, the crowd yesterday like, hey, these are my people. These are like cat people honoring a cat person. I think I'll hang out with them. You can't tell me Spartacus wasn't picking up the vibe. Because they do, you know. I know. Woo-woo. <laughs> Just roll with me on this for a minute. They know. They're a good demonstration to us that we know, too. We know. So uh, this is Sonia's bowl that the family gave to us after she passed. And Jan plays it so beautifully. If you were here, I think, last week... She played it then. And so I'm going to start out our meditation just with some chimes here. And I'm going to ask you to just be for a moment. Just breathe into your body. Let that vibratory sound just be the thing that resonates in you and connects you with the spirit of truth, the spirit of compassion today. And let's make sure you're fully in your body, that you're listening to um, your heartbeat. And I want you just to envision or think about gently, gently. This is not a brain exercise. Think about the Mother Earth agitating the land so dramatically in that region of the world. If you can, for a moment, just imagine with your compassionate heart the fear that might have swept over the land, the confusion, the sounds, the devastation. And now I invite you in this unusual exercise that we don't usually do on Sunday mornings. I'm going to invite you to take your feet to the other side of the world. There in a, a quieter place amongst the dust and the rubble The sounds of rescue operations seeking, seeking. It's quietly, quietly. 
Let your soul be guided to just one person or just one family that is displaced, that is going through unspeakable sorrow. And now, beloved, in compassion, let your heart hand gently touch them. Just be with. And know that time and space are irrelevant. But the compassionate heart is immediate. It is now. Perhaps you are moved to be of comfort to all those souls who have left their bodies behind to go on into whatever their belief is about the life after this one. And sometimes our most compassionate phrase is, I see you. I am with you. And the language of your heart transcends any differences between us. Now, beloved, your work there is complete in an instant. Come back here. And now extend your compassion to one other person who is known to you, for whom your compassion is activated. You see their suffering, and you wish to relieve it. And again, as you extend yourself, your words are, I see you. I am with you. And beloved, know that if there is an action for you to take, you will be so guided to do so. Above all else, your prayer, your compassionate healing prayer is sufficient to the day.
now again turn inward. And is there any space in your life for which you've not been compassionate toward yourself? Visit that unhealed part, that unreconciled part, that aching part of yourself. And once again say, from the great master spirit within you, I see you. I am with you. Breathe, beloved, breathe. Give thanks for the work that has been done here today. In a few moments, we have done mighty things. Give thanks for the great spirit that unites us all, strengthens us. And so it is. So it is. Look at me. How you doing? Thank you. This was important, my friends. Thank you. Thank you for being willing to go there. This is what we do. This is what we do. If we did nothing else in our lives, this. This. 